I am uh, going to be talking to you about some words from the Apostle Paul to a church that he planted where he talks about his uh, gratitude for them. And he, he says three things specifically that he's thankful to God for. And then he talks about three things that he's praying for them about. So we're, we're looking, we're dropping in to a passage of scripture that's really a letter that the Apostle Paul was writing to a church he started. And he paid an awful price. There was an investment of um, uh, pain and suffering that was involved in the establishing of this church. Some of you will remember that he was in prison, beaten for his faith in Christ in the city of Philippi. And, but he was miraculously released. The chains fell off him and his traveling companions. They could have... Uh, left the prison, but they heard the prison, um, the, the guy who was in charge of the prison, about ready to kill himself, and he realized that the prisoners were set free because his life de was dependent on him being able to keep these guys incarcerated. And Paul says, stop, we're still here. And then he led that man and his whole house to faith in Jesus, and they were baptized, and that was the starting of this church in the city of Philippi. Sometime after that, he's writing them this letter, and he begins in verse 3 by saying, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Every remembrance of you. Yes, it cost me quite a bit, but I don't regret it in the least. Every thought I have to you, every time you guys come to mind, I'm filled with gratitude. So we're going to be hearing the three things that he's grateful for and then the three things that he's praying for them about. And when we do, can I just sort of hitchhike on that? Because I'm the pastor of a local congregation. And though I didn't start this church, a wonderful man named Roman Segeri did, uh, Sue and I, the Lord used to sort of restart this church. And so it feels like we have a lot invested in this, in this church family. And that's just very subjective on my part. But when I hear the Apostle Paul say these things that he's grateful when he, uh, for when he thinks of them, these are also true for me. And when I think of you, the things that I'm grateful for. And the things that he says I'm praying for you about, those are some of the same things I pray for you about too. So if you'll kind of give me that, that op opportunity to sort of hear what the Apostle Paul is saying, but also uh, speak to you in the same breath. I'd appreciate that. So he begins, as I said, saying, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, in verse 3, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy. And now he begins to tell us what he's thankful for, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. He's thankful for their fellowship. And so am I. Fellowship is an interesting thing. It's not the Christian word for party. <laughs> Although sometimes we use it that way. We're going to have a fellowship at Gary's house, right? <laughs> it's so much more than that. In fact, the word that's translated fellowship here is from the Greek word kinonia or koinonia, depending upon your pronunciation, uh, 
whatever, you know, there are several ways of pro uh, uh, schemes for pro uh, pronouncing these Greek words, but anyways, you don't care about that. It's from this word that is used in not only um, in, in ancient contracts to describe a contractual relationship. It's also, where there's, you know, where there's legal binding. It's also used in wedding ceremonies to describe a relationship that is beyond law. It's all about relationship. This word has a depth of meaning that's far beyond just the Christian word for party. Paul is saying, I am so, when I think of you, I'm so grateful for the fellowship that we have, the relationship that we have that's so deep and so um, life-giving. And I, I, I echo that. I, am, I, I can't thank God enough for the miraculous way that he placed us together. You know, um, Anna, I don't, I don't know that you and I would have ever met otherwise. I don't know that I would have a relationship with you in any other setting. Same with you, Mark. Except that God, in his great grace, brought us together to be part of this church family. And the fellowship that we uh, experience together is a supreme gift. And even if this is your first time to be part of us, or part of uh, our gatherings here on the weekends, even if you're visiting with us for the very first time, for right now, for today, God has placed you in the warm embrace of the fellowship of Jesus Christ. And he says, I'm grateful for this fellowship that we have for two, in two ways, because it's a fellowship in the gospel. In other words, it's not a fellowship that's uh, uh, derived from just common interests. In other words, we don't have fellowship this morning because we all ride Harley Davidsons, although some of us do. Uh, we, we don't have fellowship this morning because we all root for the same football team. Heaven knows that's not the case. <laughs> we don't have fellowship this morning based on any of those kinds of material or circumstantial um, common interests. We have fellowship today in the gospel. We are all stinking sinners who have been saved by grace. And that brings a kind of relationship you can't know in any other, any other way. Paul says, I'm grateful for our fellowship in the gospel. And then he says these words. He says, I'm grateful for this fellowship that was from the first day until now. In other words, there's a consistency in it. It doesn't rise and fall depending upon how we're feeling about one another. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad that's not the case, right? That in Christ, fellowship is something that's solid, steadfast, can be counted on, and oh, the security that brings to your life. Because in so many other areas of our lives, whether you know or not we are liked or unliked, cared about or uncared for has an awful lot to do with the ups and downs of people's feelings. In the family of God, there's this steady, bedrock, solid, secure, I am loved. Paul says, I, every time I think of you, I'm grateful for that fellowship we have in the gospel that's consistent from the first day 
until the last. And so am I. <laughs> and so are you. In fact, that'd be a good place. Just turn to somebody nearby and say, I'm thankful for you. And then in verse 6, I know what you're like. If I don't stop this, we're going to be... Yeah. <laughs> and then in verse 6, he says, Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. He says, Whenever I think of you, I am thankful for the spiritual growth that I witness. Look, I have a perspective that none of the rest of you have. Just by reason of being the senior pastor of this church, I get to have the catbird seat where I watch what God, the arc of God's development in your life, what he's doing in your life. Look, you're all too close to, to yourself. You know, you can't really see what God is up to. But I have the perspective of being able to see how God intersected your life with his gospel. For a lot of you, I was there that day. When the gospel the seed of the gospel of Jesus Christ embedded itself in your heart. And I get to watch how that begins to blossom and grow and change who you are and where you're headed and everything about your life. And it's an amazing thing. I know what he's talking about when he says, every time I think of you, I thank God for what I see of the development of God's life in yours. And he says there's two things about that that I'm grateful for. One is that um, this is something God has begun. Now, the reason that he says I'm grateful that this spiritual growth has begun and he doesn't say it's finished yet is because how many of you know it isn't finished yet? I'm still in process and so are you and thank God I don't have to pretend otherwise. <laughs> There's a good work that's been begun in my life and in yours, but it's not over yet. Whew. Two days ago, Sue and I went to, uh, uh, we were down in Southern California for Thanksgiving and we went to Best Buy and we bought some new phones. Can I tell you, I was not exactly... <laughs> Mr. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I was not exactly on my spiritual game. <laughs> <laughs> and when I left there that day I had to do some repenting <clears throat> but I'm, I'm not done yet you know God is going to work me over I'm going to get better at that I'm going to represent him better in this world tomorrow than I did two days ago <laughs> and so will you Every time I think of you, he says, I'm grateful for what I see of God's work in you that has just, be, just begun. It's just begun. And then he says, though, that there is coming a day when it will be complete. He says, I'm so grateful when I think about you that I can see where this is going. And one day when we cross the threshold into forever, and we're with Jesus there in the eternal realms of heaven, will look back and say, he did it. He did it. Everything of his purpose and plans for your life, he will complete. We have that promise. 
Some of us, you know, we're, 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 whenever we pass from this life into the next, whether that's, whether that's tomorrow or 20 years from now, look, I'm of an age where I'm, I can see the finish line from where I stand. <laughs> but, and, and whatever that day comes, don't rush me, okay? <laughs> whenever that day comes, I am so grateful to know yeah. he will have completed his work in me. And you too. And then he goes on to say, let me see where I am on these slides of mine. Great pictures though, huh? Amen. Um, he also says, I'm grateful in uh, verse 7 for your partnership. Just as it is right for me to think this of you all because I have you in my heart inasmuch as both in my chains. He's talking about the fact that he's writing this letter from prison. He's in prison in Rome writing to a church he started while he was in prison in Philippi. This guy spends a lot of time behind bars. But anyway, not in bars, behind, anyway, behind. Just as it is right for me to think, think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my chains and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers with me of grace. So he's talking about the fact that whenever I think of you, I'm grateful for your partnership. I'm grateful. Can I just say I'm grateful I'm not in this alone. That Sue and I aren't in this alone. That the ministry of this church isn't about just what happens up here on the platform. Or when I'm around. A week ago there was a bunch of folks from our church that went out to serve the needy in, in Vacaville with the, uh, the, the Adopt-A-Block program out there. I didn't even go. I wasn't here. But ministry happened. And because we're in fellowship and partnership with one another, I got to uh, rejoice in what was happening there as much as they were. We are partners. We are partners. You know, there's, it's hard to describe. But uh, there's just this incredible blessing that we all feel when we understand that we're a body. And that as the body functions and every part is doing its role, it's an amazing thing. When Matthew and Christian were back there working the sound and, and video, you probably weren't thinking a whole lot about it, but they were doing their part as part of the body of Christ. This whole crew of guys that are, you know, greet you at the door with their usher badges on. Sometimes I wonder if people, you know, come to the door and they see this, this uh, you know, um, offensive line and they want to, <laughs> you know, head out to their cars. When those guys are ushering, it's an amazing part of, of what God is doing. The band up here is singing and playing their hearts out. There are men and women in various classrooms around here that are sharing Jesus with our kids. And when, when all of this stuff is happening, the body of Christ is functioning. Man, it's an amazing thing. Paul says, when I think of you, I'm, I'm so grateful we get to do ministry together for your partnership. Look, I don't know what you think about yourself, but you, if you are a believer in Jesus, you are a member of the body of Christ, uniquely created, uniquely gifted, and uniquely placed. Let me ask you, think about your body. You got any parts you don't, you don't need? <laughs> I, I had uh, 
foot surgery many years ago, and they had to do a bunch of stuff. And one of the things they did was they just disconnected one of my toes from my foot. So it just flops around in there. <laughs> but I'm glad it's still there. All right? Now, I'm not saying some of you are a flopping toe. I'm just saying <laughs> we, need, we need each other. And we need everyone to be doing the role or playing the role God has equipped and gifted you to play. And then a beautiful thing happens. Jesus is seen. The body of Christ is seen in the world. It's an amazing thing. He says, I'm grateful for your partnership. And he says, I'm grateful for the partnership, uh, two aspects of your partnership, the encouragement that I receive. And, you know, when... This is not a, don't get me wrong, this is not a request for anything. This is just, I'm so grateful for those times. Uh, last, it was a little over a week ago, uh, a woman in the church sent me an email and just kind of brought me up to speed about what God is doing in her life. That encouraged me so much. I'm, I'm so, whenever I think of you, Paul says, I'm grateful for your partnership and the, the, how that encourages me. And he also says, I'm grateful for your, he's very frank with them. He says, I, I'm grateful for your partnership in supporting me. If you read later in this book, at the, towards the end of it, he talks about how their uh, financial support of him has uh, resumed. Again, this is not a request. We're well taken care of, so don't get me wrong. It's not about, it's not about the gift that he says that. It's about what it says. And because he says, oh, "Look, I I know how to, I know how to abound. I know how to be. I know how to get along with nothing. I know, know how to have everything." He says, "I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me." This is not about the gift, but he says, "I'm grateful that your support of me has resumed because they had stopped for some reason that we're not really clear on." He says, "I'm grateful when I think about you, and I, I'm grateful for your partnership, and that that partnership has been expressed in your even your financial support of my ministry." I. I thank God for you. And then he moves on to talk about three things that he's praying for them about. Verse 8. We might as well look at these pictures. They're so much fun. He says this. He says, For God is my witness how greatly I long for you all with the affection of Jesus Christ. And this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. He's praying for them that their love would overflow. That's kind of interesting because he's already talked about the fellowship that they enjoy and he's, thank, he's thankful for that fellowship. And it's as though he's saying, on one hand, he's saying, I'm so grateful for the loving relationship that we enjoy with one another, but I'm going to pray that your love would overflow. Peter said this in one of his letters. He said, now that you guys love each other, love one another from the heart. In other words, yeah, the love of God is evident, but let's let it go to a deeper level. Let's let him take it to another place. This summer when our leadership was gathering together and asking the Lord to give us some direction about this year's ministry, there were four things he seemed to highlight to us that we were supposed to target. One of them we've already begun to do, which is we want to be, we believe the Lord wants us to be a praying church. And so you, you know that we've emphasized prayer for a couple of months now. But we also heard the Lord say, I want you to be a 
relational church. And at first, that, you know, because the thing I always hear from visitors when they report to me about their experience uh, with us um, here on the weekends, they'll almost always say, I felt so warmly greeted and, and accepted. And I love, God. I, I love that about our congregation. It's one of the great things I'm thankful for, and I already said so. But we could take that to another level because we live in a time when it is not sufficient to just attend church. It's not sufficient to just go to Christian meetings or events. The Lord is wanting for his church to be deeply in love with one another. And so Paul says, I'm praying. Yeah, you guys, I'm so grateful and thankful for the work of God's Spirit that's caused there to be rich and genuine fellowship in your midst, but I'm going to pray that that love would overflow. And in two ways, two ways. He says, with knowledge and with discernment. He says, he said, I'm, I'm praying that your love will overflow with knowledge. You've all seen the beer commercial from a few years ago where the guy goes, I love you, man, right? And this set, it rings so hollow and so shallow because you know it's just about sharing a can of beer or a bottle of beer, whatever it is. It has nothing to do with knowledge. When you know, when you've invested enough of your life and time in a, into a relationship that you know that person and then those same words are said, I love you, man. They mean everything. It's like two different languages. They mean something completely different. Paul says, I want your love to overflow in knowledge. Let's be willing, congregation, church. Let's be willing to let the Lord take us there where we'll invest in each other. Not just get to know each other's names like we are today, but deeper than that. I'm praying that that will happen. Lord, let us overflow with love. He says with, with knowledge and with discernment. Well, what does that mean? Well, again, that's taking it a little deeper. You know, this morning we, uh, in the early service, uh, while we were worshiping, I felt like the Lord was putting into my mind the name Lenny, Lenny. And uh, I was thinking, I, you know, I don't really know any Lennys except for a Christian musician named uh, Lenny that's a man, you know, and i Anyway, so I, I, when, I, when the worship ended, I got up and I said, does anybody here know somebody named Lenny? And um, Viviana, who was on the worship team, raised her hand and says, yeah, I, I know a woman named Lenny that I work with. And then there were two, other, two or three other people in the congregation that says, yeah, I know her. And apparently she's visited some of our women's events here or went on retreat or something. I don't know her, is the point, but some other people did. And I said, well, if the, if the Lord is interrupting our service to, to highlight this woman, why do you think that would be? I asked Viviana, and she said, well, she's recovering from cancer. And um, so I said, okay, well, let's pray about that. But I, while I was praying, I felt like the Lord gave me some discernment. There's that word, discernment. So I knew about the cancer now because Viviana told me so. I knew that. That was something I knew. But most of the stuff that's the real issues of our life is not on the surface. It's not the stuff we know about. It's the stuff that's deeper than that. So as I was leading us in prayer, the Lord had interrupted that service because he wanted us to pray for Lenny. So we did. I prayed about her cancer. But then I felt like the Lord was saying, and I think there's something more here, Lord. 
I think there's something more, something that you're going after. You, you want us to pray about that. I didn't know what to call it, but we prayed about that. Then after the service, Viviana came to talk to me about what she knew. Now, that prompted some things that she knew, and she said, I, this is what I know about where she's at in those deeper areas of her life. Let's be willing to go deeper with one another in the spirit. Here's what I mean by that. When I pray for you, and I do, two or three times a week, I pray for you by name. And when I do, I pray about what I know. But I'll pray about what I sense, too. Let's be willing to invest ourselves deeper in these relationships than just the surface. Paul says, I'm praying that for you, that you'll overflow with love. Verse 10 I'm praying that you um, will strive for excellence. Strive for excellence. He says, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. The word excellent here, um, I'm going to get to uh, in just a minute and try to explain it in a little different way, but, but let me just, on the surface, let me just say, I don't think anyone would disagree with the fact that we, anything we do in the name of Jesus ought to be the best that we can do. We ought to offer him nothing less than our very best. Would you say amen to that? Amen. But that's really not how this word is used here. The Greek word that's translated into my English Bible, excellent here, when he says uh, that you may approve the things that are excellent, it literally means to bear through. To bear through. Follow me on this. Let's say you're on a World War II battlefield and you have been given a message that needs to get to an officer at the front line. You have to manually carry this message because it's so important. It can't be risked to be sent over the radio waves. So you are bearing this message through potential harm and danger to get it to its intended destination. That's what it says here when, when he says, I'm praying that you will um, approve the things that are excellent, that you will invest yourself in the process of bearing this amazing gospel that we've been given to those who need it. And wherever you go, dear one, like it or not, if you're a follower of Christ, you bear this message of the good news of Jesus. And when you are in the midst of the through part, you know, where there's all kinds of uh, potential for um, uh, harm and, and uh, discouragement and where the enemy wants to try to get in your way, and, and don't be afraid about this, but know for certain that he will try to... to uh, interfere with your being able to take that gospel to where it needs to go. But he says, when you make that commitment, church, I'm praying this for you, that when you make that commitment to bear through with the gospel of Jesus Christ, that it will be in two ways. First, he says, with sincerity, that you may be sincere. And that word sincerity means judged by sunlight. Judged by sunlight. In other words, that you won't be fake. If I shined a light on you, that it would reveal a genuineness about your faith and your desire to serve Jesus. And he also says, without offense, that there will be a purity about our lives. Because when we have this, this mismatch of this glorious gospel that we proclaim and our lives are something else, it doesn't ring true. Lord, I want to be someone who bears this 
gospel through the battlefield to the souls that need it. And I want to do so with the purity of my life that accompanies that amazing message. I pray that for you, he says. And then verse 11, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. And he's, he says, I'm praying that you will enjoy fruitfulness. I'm praying you'll enjoy fruitfulness. Now, what does that mean? Well, you don't need to, uh, you don't need to guess because Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23 tells us exactly what this fruit is that he's praying they will enjoy. Verse 22 says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Stop me if this gets too good. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. He says, These wonderful traits are things that the Holy Spirit is developing in you. It's like fruit that's being born in your life. It's like you're a fruit tree that is... You can't help yourself but starting to, to bear this fruit. And you've never, ever in your life seen a tree struggle to bring fruit up, to bear fruit. There's no apple tree on this planet that's going, mm, 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 trying to force fruitfulness. It doesn't happen. They just naturally bear fruit because God made them that way. God is making you to be a fruitful tree. And he's bringing forth these wonderful traits of the Holy Spirit in your life. Um, and, but he's doing it, he says, by Christ and for God's glory. By Christ, well, what does that mean? It means kind of what I just said, that you can't produce it. You know, when I walked away from Best Buy the other day and I had to do some repenting, I did not say, God, uh, forgive me, I'll make sure I'm kinder next time. Well, I did say something like that. But look, what I said was, God, God, forgive me. I need you to help me be kinder next time. Because the fruit is of the Spirit, not of what I can produce. It's the Holy Spirit who brings these things apart and brings these things to pass. They're by Christ. I'm praying that you'll enjoy the fruitfulness that is by Christ and for God's glory. This is pretty cool. You and I, the Bible says this. It says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Well, where are they going to taste that? Off your tree. Wherever you are, there's people coming by and snatching a sample. And they're deciding whether God is good or not based on what they taste in your life. You don't want them going, right? You don't, you don't want that. <laughs> but we have this promise that as we allow the Holy Spirit to bear fruit in our life, the response is going to be, hmm, I want more of that. I want more of that. And th so we have this amazing opportunity to put on display the fruit of the Spirit that will draw people to Jesus. Paul says, when I think of you, I am grateful for your fellowship, for your spiritual growth, for your partnership, but I'm praying for you that your love will overflow, that you will learn to bear through, that you'll strive for excellence, that you'll take this amazing gospel and wade through whatever challenges you need to get it to the, those who need it, and that you'll enjoy the fruitfulness of what the Holy Spirit is producing in your life and that others will as well.
This is recording number 11189 from the Teaching Ministry of Crossroads Foursquare Church in Fairfield, California. It was recorded on Sunday morning, November 29, 2015. This message by Randy Bolt is titled, Thank God for You.